to Eat, Drink, Social. My name is Courtney Sandora, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Go Social, or you can visit our website at goforthbesocial.com. We're joined today with Valentina Musi, better known as Sweet Portfolio on social media. Um, with a passion for capturing and creating larger-than-life meals, this South Florida foodie fills her feed with colorful creations of her own, as well as fun food finds around the Miami area and from her world travels. Through her Colombian and Italian roots, she draws inspiration from her family and rich, rich mixture of cultures when creating new recipes, which can be found in her cookbook, The Unofficial TikTok Cookbook. Welcome, Valentina. We're so excited to have you today. Hi, Sydney. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm so pleased to be chatting with you guys today. Thanks. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and when you found your love of food? Great. So a little bit about myself. I am Sweet Portfolio in social media. You probably may have seen me on TikTok or Instagram. <laughs> I was the girl who made all the whipped drinks, whipped coffee, like all the fun recipes. A lot of people saw during quarantine, um, which seems like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't. It was just like 2020. Um, and my love of food really comes from my background. I am an immigrant. I've been in the U.S. for almost 10 years. But before that, I lived abroad. I lived in Colombia. I lived in Panama. Um, I was raised by a multicultural family. So my father is Italian. He moved to Colombia when he was about 40. So mm -hmm. he lived most of his life in Europe. And then my mom, she did grow up in Colombia. She's Colombian. And then there was me. So I was really lucky I got to live with uh, my grandparents and my parents and all of my uh, immediate family. So we're very close and happens that I am much older than my siblings. So I was an only child for a little while. So I got a lot of attention. I got to spend a lot of time with people like going to restaurants with my parents when they went on dates and they would just take me everywhere with them and every trip. I mean, my parents never really went on dates by themselves. They just brought me along. Same with trips, they never took any trips by themselves. So I was always exposed to fun things like mm. good restaurants. My dad let me come to tasting menus with my parents, even when I was like four years old and I probably wouldn't eat half the things. So I was really lucky in that regard. And then my grandparents, I was very close to them and everyone in my family cooks. So I got to cook a bunch and just always be around adults that treated me sort of like an equal. So I think it really allowed me to, to learn from them. And I think mm -hmm. one of our main focuses was, was food just because of the rich background with our, with our cultures. A lot, of our, a lot of our stuff is just revolves around food when it comes to any holidays or special occasions. I mean, it's anyone's birthday. You make special dinner or you go to a nice restaurant. I mean, same happens in the US, but I think that for us, it was right. a special emphasis especially uh, being Catholic. So celebrating Christmas and during Christmas time, there's like a nine day long celebration in Colombia leading up to Christmas where every mm -hmm. single night you cook and you get together and you celebrate, you sing, you pray. So food was everything 
uh, for me when it came to family. So I always had that relationship. I made that relationship between food and family. Like it just meant being home and, and, and just being with my family, really. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. I can definitely relate being from Kentucky and the South. Um, holidays, food, family, they all mesh together so well. And it's just a part of your life. Um, so how did you, you know, I know you said you found your love of food, um, you know, from your family, from that inspiration. You know, how did you first dive into starting your Instagram profile and starting, um, you know, food photography? Right. So that was five years ago now. And my anniversary is coming up in March. Oh, congratulations. I, thank you. I went uh, on a trip to New York with my one of my best friends. He He's Norwegian, Colombian and lives in Spain. So he's mm-hmm. been everywhere. And uh, well, we have a long distance friendship. So we decided after I graduated high school, uh, we decided to take a one month long trip to New York and just meet up there. It was like right in the middle for us. He lived in New York, I lived mm-hmm. in Miami. So it just seemed like it was right in the middle. So we were there for a month that we made a bucket list of places we wanted to visit mm-hmm. and foods we wanted to eat. So it was mostly a food bucket list. Mm-hmm. Just like trying taiyaki ice cream when it had just come out. So it's like the fish cone ice cream for people have probably seen online or mm-hmm. try ube ice cream. And, and for those who are not familiar, ube is this bright purple yam from Asia that's just and they make ice cream out of it a lot of now lately like with the American influence it's like this beautiful Mm -hmm. deep uh purple color so I was so excited to try all of these foods that are really not available in South Florida or in Europe at the time so it's just exciting to to watch all the business insider videos at the time because Facebook was still kind of like a big deal when it came to finding where you wanted to dine at we didn't have TikTok or, or Instagram to look at for restaurants it was really Facebook videos we would send each other so we go to the city and we're just walking around I mean we're both like 18 19-ish mm-hmm. and I think for me it was not my first time traveling alone but probably the first time without like really any adults around me because now I was an adult so we just ate so much and, and we had really the greatest time and I was just experiencing things by myself really for the first time taking photos of everything mm-hmm. um, brought cameras along we just documented the whole experience but not really to share with anyone just for ourselves right and I was posting it to snapchat kind of just because that's probably the only social media I really had at the time and my dad got annoyed because he's obviously not on snapchat and he's like mm-hmm. you don't enough um i at least i could you, the least you could just post it on instagram my dad's not even a social media user <laughs> but i guess he could open the app every, once a week and kind mm-hmm. of catch up. so he's like open an instagram you should open an instagram you love social media um and I, before that i had a tumblr and i had a bit of a tumblr success mm-hmm. before that. i don't know if people remember tumblr but yes <laughs> I loved it. but at the time i think it just wasn't people had forgotten about it a little bit. So my dad pushed me to open an Instagram account. And Mm. as soon as I went back home, back to Miami, the first thing I did was try to brainstorm and and plan this Instagram account I was going to open and and post some of the photos I had to in New York. So it was really my dad who pushed me to Mm. Instagram, which is pretty odd for a parent to push their their kid to just build an online press, like spend more time on Mm. your phone. Right. my parents they were very supportive from the beginning it was really their idea yeah I love that that's that's incredible and um always wonderful to have your family's support 
Um, so speaking of, you know, your origins, where did the name Sweet Portfolio come from? That was really all my mom. Um, so I'm very lucky that I have a close relationship with my parents and my, and my family. Mm-hmm. So I was telling them, okay, I'm going to start this Instagram, but I need you guys to help me. Let's brainstorm a name. Let's just think out what I'm going to post about. And we were thinking about words that, I mean, I wanted a name that could be used as, I think, something bigger than, than just food. Right. So I wanted to kind of stray away from common keywords like food or foodie or use the word Miami because I just thought, well, I just got back from New York, so I don't want to be like Miami food or something like right. that. I wanted it to go kind of beyond that. Um, I also wanted it to be very uh, PG. It's like, I think on, on social media, when you refer mm-hmm. to good looking food, you call it food porn. But I think that honestly, what I learned from just like graduating high school is that sometimes you're browsing or, or going online. And, and when you use keywords like that, your mm-hmm. name gets filtered out yeah if you don't post anything explicit or bad so I was really mindful of those things so we we're just like thinking about names and, and my mom so saw that it should describe me a little bit I mean I had a, I have a huge love for sweets so she was like well, maybe something sweet and I think your personality is sweet I mean that's my mom talking mm-hmm. I don't I can't say that for myself but so we we're looking at different words in like dictionaries or synonyms like wholesome and I was like well wholesome is just like a big too big of a word like a no, so you're just thinking, and, and then my mom's like, well, you, essentially, it's going to be a portfolio of all the things you're going to post. So I think I thought of the word portfolio, and I thought it sounded very serious, which which I liked. Mm-hmm. It, I think my page is a combination of, which is like funny and, and, and still serious. Like, I think that I, I take things seriously and, and professionally, and, and not just because social media treat us a job, just like with everything I do, I'm super type A. Right which is a lot of creative people aren't I just have to write everything down I am very dedicated so mm-hmm. I think that the name really represents me and my mom came up with it as we were chatting it took us like a week of brainstorming obviously not 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 non-stop but we were like mm-hmm. talking about it toying with the idea and then obviously we had to check that it was available online right so I, I think I have like 10 Instagram accounts with potential names that are saved somewhere Mm-hmm. I, I guess I could find it so yeah right now we just had sweet portfolio and I opened my account I believe it was March 20th of 2017 mm-hmm. so it, the anniversary is definitely coming up but I don't know how I, I, I don't have anything planned to celebrate it just yeah any day maybe like an internal thing with my family I'll celebrate or just tell my closest friends but not like a party or anything Definitely. No, that's such a big milestone for you as a creator. And I mean, I know Instagram and TikTok are still so new. So, um, um, so I guess moving into your social media channels, um, you've talked a little bit about how you and how you started your Instagram account, but can you tell us a little bit about, you know, when you kind of entered in TikTok and you, you've grown into almost, uh, well, well over a million followers now? Well, TikTok was definitely much later and mm-hmm. I never really got to use Musical.ly, which is the app that was mm-hmm. before TikTok. Um, and to be honest, I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> Me too. I do not inherit anything Colombian when it comes to dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I, I'm really bad. I went to a Zumba class in Miami once, and mm-hmm. it was really bad because I have oh, no. 
person in the room trying to teach me how to dance. Like my students <laughs> felt so bad. Like the mm-hmm. most American lady ever, even though oh, I goodness. didn't know the songs and I do speak Spanish. So not a dancer. So the thought <laughs> of just TikTok or music really scared me. I was just like, I'm not going to do any dances. I don't think I'm going to do any challenges. Um, mm-hmm. I was also well out of high school. By then I was probably like 20, 20 something mm-hmm. when, when I started. So I was just like, no, I'm too old for this. I thought like only 12 year olds would use it. Right. But um, TikTok actually ran this whole campaign where they would hire uh, food content creators, really big ones at the time. I, I was nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. And they got them to post on TikTok. So I was very curious. And my friend who had a, a large account, he was super sad, but she told me, hey, maybe you should post your videos here. Why not? Right. So I did not create any special TikTok content. I I just used some of the videos I already had. And I got to 100K pretty quickly, like mm-hmm. pretty, pretty quickly. And I was just like, wow, this is interesting. So I just mm-hmm. kept posting and like probably four months later, I got verified and I had the TikTok team reach out to me. It's like, hey, we love you on our platform. Here's a community manager you can talk to. And then mm-hmm. I got invited to an official TikTok meetup um, in 2019. And that's the year I started really. So mm-hmm. that meetup I think was in May and I started TikTok in January of 2019. Oh, so wow. it's just four or five months. I was already in touch with them, which was super exciting. I got to meet other TikTok people. It was up in Orlando. So my friend, um, his name is Foodie Fetish. I need to meet mm-hmm. probably on on Instagram and and he has millions of followers and he's been my good friend so we were like okay let's go to Orlando for a day so we drove four hours north then four hours back mm-hmm. to go to this meetup and it was just an interesting situation but still TikTok hadn't blown up um there were no brands really on TikTok I had never mm-hmm. done a partnership I did have more followers there already and I was already verified but it didn't it didn't mean that much at the time just because it mm-hmm. was still so new and people were really afraid at the time of TikTok just because um well I think people forget about the whole China involvement at the time people were like right. so terrified of, of, of information and it being a, a children's platform and I was mm-hmm. very mindful of that so I kept all of my content super BG I mean all my content is really across the board mm-hmm. super PG, but I think that I was just very mindful, like, okay, like, if I reply to a comment, I better be nice, because I probably I'm talking to a child, like, if it's a mean comment, it's probably not like an old man somewhere random, it's just a kid mm-hmm. at home, so I'm not gonna be mean to a kid, so I kept those things right. in mind, and I kept my content super colorful, it's all sweets at the time, nothing too serious, and I think that after just probably 2020, after uh, COVID, my, my strategy kind of changed, just because um, while I wasn't filming at restaurants, I didn't have access to the colorful ice creams and, and desserts I had access to anymore. So I had to really figure mm-hmm. out how to do a lot of these things at home. And well, for me, it wasn't difficult because I always enjoyed baking. So yeah. that was just like my, it always been a passion of mine. I just didn't think anyone would be interested in seeing mm-hmm. my cooking or, or my baking just because I worked with so many chefs mm-hmm. so often and I go to I mean, go to their kitchens and talk to them and take photos of their food that I just thought, well, my food sucks compared to these people's. <laughs> I didn't go to culinary school. But I, I definitely enjoyed cooking and baking and just kept it to myself. So yeah. when the pandemic hit, I was just really forced to share that passion. I wasn't ready to share with people. 
and it's probably the best thing that has happened to me because mm-hmm. I, I realized that food is something I really love. I mean, before it was, even though I started doing it full time, it didn't feel like my passion. I just thought, okay, I'm probably going to train, um, eventually pivot and become a creative or some director or something at some agency or I just thought after this, I would become kind of working corporate right in the knowledge I have like a lot of some big influencers have corporate jobs on the side yeah and so to me I just thought well that's probably what I'm going to do I'm going to get bored of this mm-hmm. but once I really started to push myself into make my own stuff and pursue that passion I always had for for baking and, and cooking at home mm-hmm. I realized that this is definitely something I want to do and if it hadn't been for all of those events in the pandemic and, and everything that led to it and and having to uh, just focus on creating content from home, from mm-hmm. things made by myself, posting them on TikTok, on Instagram, I think I would have found that. And now yeah. it's like, I realized like, oh, definitely peaking is my thing, like my one yeah. passion. Definitely. No, I- Social media or, or sharing the videos, even though I enjoy doing that, I realized that it goes beyond that. Yeah, definitely. No, you, I mean, you are an amazing baker and I am so amazed with your recipes and especially, I was going to say during the pandemic, your viral um, mug cakes or your whipped milk or your whipped coffee. Those were amazing. Um, I loved your baby Yoda whipped milk (laughs) that you created. And that kind of led, I guess that kind of led to your, you know, increase in success, um, you know, during the pandemic on TikTok, on Instagram. And then it kind of led you, um, to create your your cookbook. Can you talk a little bit about your cookbook and um, kind of taking your recipes from social media and putting them in a recipe book? So the cookbook thing, I think it was also partially uh, luck. I was working really hard on posting on, on Instagram and TikTok every day mm-hmm. to create something new. And I was really pushing myself to be to do stuff that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. So the concept of the whipped coffee that already existed in, um, well, in Greece, they call it frappe or like mm-hmm. instant coffee is a staple in, in a lot of homes, especially outside the U.S. It's really common. Mm-hmm. So I cannot claim my invent to that. But um, TikTok being such a young platform, I got a lot of feedback of kids that were telling me that, well, I don't drink coffee. I'm a mm-hmm. kid. So I was thinking, well, how can I make chocolate milk and make it for kids, like in a whipped way? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's a whipped cream. So I got heavy cream and just add sugar, cocoa powder, and uh, added that in a glass with with milk and, mm-hmm. and ice, just so it floated and keep the the whipped cream on top afloat. And it was so successful, I can't begin to tell you. So then I just kept on getting more creative. Now that I just had, well, I came up with this idea. I coined this term. I call it whipped milk, and I think. I mean, it had never been done before. Mm-hmm. So, and, and for me, it's crazy to do something creative within the food space. <clears throat> it's really easy to think like, oh, everything has been done. It's food. Right. And um, somehow I got lucky and I came up with this thing and I made like 15 versions of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I got super creative with it. And I thought, well, it's a difficult time. People are not grocery shopping as much. So I really just looked through my pantry. What can I add to this? What can I a mix with heavy cream like mm-hmm. oreos and then i just went like oh nutella um cookie butter yeah. peanut butter just anything i had and then i saw other people 
uh, take this idea and make their own creations, which was so exciting. This mm-hmm. one person made it with Kool-Aid. Personally, probably wouldn't drink that, but I thought right. it was cool <laughs> that you were in that I with whatever I came up with was inspiring others. So I think that that's really what started the cookbook and, and the attention I got. I got so much press from it. Then I got verified on Instagram. So I just blowing up. I grew, I think, like to a million followers on TikTok that year. Mm-hmm. And then um, on Instagram, probably like 300,000 or more. So I was very lucky to experience that success on social. And I had mm-hmm. uh, Simon and Shuster approach me about writing a cookbook. Mm-hmm. The only thing was that since it's TikTok and it's trends, I had to be very quick about it. Right. Usually you have like two years to research a cookbook. I had less than six months, but I had really like three months to write it. Wow. And finish it and submit it. And then it was by, we announced it in April of 2021 and by June it was already available. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really fast turnaround for a cookbook. It was all done virtually. So I did not have a chance to meet my editor in person or anyone in their board or go to any of the photo shoots. It was all done remotely and it was interesting, but it was so, so exciting to have this opportunity. I think that uh, especially me being just like, I told you I graduated high school six years ago now. Yeah. So uh, it was pretty crazy to get to that point in my career so quickly and definitely something I'm grateful for and excited about. And I, I still can't believe I wrote a cookbook. Like it's, it's just a, a weird thought, especially mm-hmm. with a big publisher and uh, it did so well. Like I could, I couldn't believe it really. It was available at Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Target. Mm-hmm. I had a Target commercial play when you would walk into the book section of the store wow it was so so (laughs) exciting and we did we did sell I think more than 40,000 copies Mm -hmm. so far which is a lot for a cookbook especially if first time writer I mean think of put it into perspective I did not launch my career traditionally like people do with network and they have this big uh background and how to go to uh culinary school I don't have like mentors like the traditional food personalities you know which I admire so much mm-hmm. but for me it was all really built on social media and, and working by myself like in my mm-hmm. kitchen and just posting on social interacting with others so it's a mm-hmm. bit of grassroots approach to it very very different and I don't know I just I feel so lucky that this happened but I think also it had to do with with working at it uh mm-hmm. I've been very consistent I mean it's five years of consistency which is a lot. It's like if you were at the same job for five years, just working at it every single day. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's an amazing story. And just so inspiring that you've had so much success in such a short period of time. Um, I guess kind of for your end of it, what is your next evolution and, and what does the future of Sweet Portfolio Sweet Portfolio look like? Is it a cookbook number two or is it expanding to more social platforms? Okay, well, I did have a talk with my editor this year, and I'm in the process of brainstorming other ideas for a second cookbook. I don't think I would do another TikTok cookbook or social media related. I think I would do it more about myself, and I'm trying to come up with um, a concept that would really show who I am beyond mm-hmm. just social media. So that's something I've been trying to do with my brand and do more lifestyle uh, 
post in the last year, I think I really love to travel and there's more to me than just food. So I wanted to kind of show a more well-rounded version of myself. So mm. if you follow me on social, you've known, uh, you've probably seen my posts about my struggles with, uh, I have, I probably have IBS. So I'm in the mm. process of getting diagnosed. Oh, wow. It's ironic where you, when you have to eat every day. Right. Um, I recently uh, I ran a half marathon. So I, I shared about that. I share that process. Um, mm -hmm. I share when I got a colonoscopy, which is a horrible thing to go through. But then I got so many messages of people telling me like, wow, I've been putting this off for so long. I'm, and I saw you do it. Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm going to go through it, call my doctor and, and schedule it, which if I can get four people to go to the doctor and, and get their colonoscopies done, I feel really happy. That's better to me than getting 10,000 likes. Like it just right. can definitely make an impact in someone's life in a positive way or I try to be transparent about the things that really make me human and not just show like a, I've, it's never been my intention to make it seem like I show a fake lifestyle. Of course, it's impossible for me to eat cookies, cakes, pizzas, pasta every day. Mm -hmm. Trying to, to be transparent about who I am and then, and talk about subjects that could be a little bit taboo sometimes or you, people don't really want to talk about. So that's something I'm focusing on this year and just more traveling. Like I want to, um share a little bit more of, of my experiences I think it I've been to like pretty normal places in the last year and a half but mm -hmm. to stand out that I think we're a little bit out of the ordinary I went to Russia I also was in Cartagena in Colombia mm -hmm. and I think that people were really surprised that I went to Russia I went with my friend whose boyfriend was a soccer player and he was playing um the world cup there but um we were in Russia for almost three weeks. And I think oh, a lot wow. of people were so amazed. They were like, how do you get there? How do you do? Uh, how do you do this? Why did you do this? It was, but I think it's just a Western perspective. I think that for other countries, it's more common to want to travel to Russia. And I had a lot of positive feedback. People telling me like, wow, I love that you're showing Eastern Europe in this way, or you're highlighting our culture. Um, so many uh, Russian people reached out. And then while I was in the country, everyone was so nice like I think mm -hmm. we have this perception that Russians are a little bit colder but they're really not they were also polite so happy mm -hmm. to have you there I mean the people I met were amazing and the same thing happened in Cartagena when I was I spent New Year's there in Colombia just it's really colorful and beautiful mm -hmm. history behind it and I had so many people tell me okay I'm, I'm ready I'm gonna book a trip it looks yes yeah. awesome. it's only two hours away from Miami by plane so mm -hmm. it's easier to get there than it is to get to New York or any other like LA like it's such a long flight so uh, I'm just excited to also highlight these places and I'm trying to figure out where else I'm going to go this year and kind of just highlight more of that so I'm, I'm changing my approach a little bit while I still definitely focus on food and I, as I told you it's, it is my one big passion mm -hmm. I want to show my other passions in a way and, and just show a more transparent right vision myself yeah no that's very exciting um I guess what is your next bucket list country right bucket list country I think that's a hard question just because it changes all the time whenever I see a video or read a blog post I mean I've subscribed to a bunch of travel magazines and, and things I think that top of my list um is Japan definitely mm -hmm. like I'm them to open uh their borders to foreigners due to covid mm -hmm. so 
definitely ready to go to Japan. I'm triple vaccinated. So whenever they open, I'm booking my flight. But um, I'm also looking to go to places that maybe are not as, like, I think everyone dreams of going to Japan. And that's mm. also my like that. But um, I was actually having this conversation the other day. I really, really want to go to Patagonia. Mm-hmm. So South of Argentina and see the penguins. Mm-hmm. And Galapagos to see the penguins. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. These two have always been on my list. And I think I also grew up in South America. So to me, they were like a big deal. So those two were important. They're also in Latin America. And I think that when you think of Latin America, sometimes you just think of the same destinations or like when you think of um, any Spanish-speaking country, like when people try to travel, mm-hmm. they go to the Caribbean um, or Mexico. Right. Colombia now a little bit more. It's become more popular, but I think there's definitely more to South America, and I would like to highlight that. Like there's more to the Latin culture than than Mexico, even though mm-hmm. I'm dying to go to Mexico and I love the culture. Yes. But I think that's since it's so close to us, it's what we uh, relate to the most. And we just think, oh, I went to Latin America, I went to Mexico, but um, the Latin culture is so, so different. Like you can't imagine even just in Colombia, like someone who's from the Andes mountains opposed to the coast, the mm-hmm. region, they're so different. It's like if they were two different, completely different cultures, like their culture is just made in, like <laughs> nine days different. and it's just I want to kind of share more of that things that we don't know about through traveling more than going to the same destinations um I'm also half European and while I love going to Europe and I, I'm probably gonna spend some time there this year I think that we know a lot about Europe so mm-hmm. I would like to highlight other places definitely yeah that's very exciting um especially when you're trying new foods or, or showcasing that you know on your channels um to, you know, to wrap up, I know you're, you're celebrating your five-year anniversary this year of Sweet Portfolio. So um, over the years, um, can you kind of share with our audience what is, you know, your best tip of advice or, you know, the biggest thing you've learned as a, as a content creator? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, and I mentioned this earlier, I think consistency is so important. Um, it's really easy to give up on, on posting just because it's nothing at the beginning, you're not going to see results. And you're definitely with social media, uh, you get to compare yourselves a lot to others. Mm-hmm. So you see another page and you can think, well, let's say I want to post fashion. And I'm like, well, I have a better style than this girl. Or you try to compare yourself to others and they're like, oh, she grew her account so much. Why don't I get as many likes? So it's really easy for you to lose uh, that motivation. Mm-hmm. My advice remain consistent and really focused on yourself and your content if you're posting content that makes you happy the internet is so big you're gonna find Mm -hmm. something that's gonna find happiness in your content and find it exciting and awesome and cool so I think if if you remain consistent I think if you post consistently for a year you're definitely gonna grow your account it's just that people give up after the two or three month mark and I I think I could have done that when I first started and I, I, I think at the time, nobody, I never planned to be an influencer. So posting on social media at the time, like the way I did it so seriously mm-hmm. was a little bit embarrassing. Opposed to now when everyone posts on it and takes it seriously. So I think that I just really stayed on my lane. Like I just didn't look at what others were doing. I just really focused 
on my content. And at the time, what I was doing was scouting new restaurants and new desserts in Miami. Mm-hmm. So I just did my research, posted about it, and, and kept on perfecting my photography and learning more about food. So if you plan to do whatever niche, whether it is fashion, it doesn't have to be the, the ones you always think about. It could be uh, education, education mm-hmm. is such a big one, or anything you're passionate about. I, I just met yesterday with a friend who's a therapist and she wants to start a podcast and, and share tips with people and help people. I just told her, okay, then don't compare yourself to others. And you have to know that it's going to take a lot of work and you're going to have to post about therapy and about helping others every day, almost mm-hmm. every day for months. And you're probably not going to get followers the way you expected to be. Like they're not going to, you're not going to blow up. It took me years to blow up from when mm-hmm. I started to when I really blew up and became as successful as I am. It wasn't like an exponential growth from the beginning. It took like two years of a lot of hard work and not as many followers to get to this point. So I think mm-hmm. just be consistent um, and focus on and post content that really makes you happy. Otherwise, you're also going to get tired of it because if you're if you're playing a part and it's not who you really are, it's the stuff that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mature, not something you're passionate about. So you're not going to want to post it and you're right. going to give up very soon. So if you post stuff you love and you remain consistent, I think anyone will find success on social media. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think that's great advice for any content creators, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Well, thank you, Sydney. I'm so happy I got to share more about my story. That's so important to me. So I really appreciate you guys giving me space and chatting about um, just all things social media, which I'm also passionate about. And if anyone's listening, feel free to DM me at any time. I, I read through my messages and I reply. So I would love to keep the conversation going on at Sweet Portfolio on Instagram, TikTok, and other platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, I just thank you for your time. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to keeping up with you this year on all your social channels. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right, everybody. That wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us.